Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello, fellow parents, or fellow strugglers, as we like to say, right, Linda? Exactly. Um, we have had a lot of fun this week, though, visiting children and grandchildren and speaking here and there, California. I'm in Arizona um, it, with Shawnee, uh, our second daughter, and uh, we have had so much fun, and I'm staying till Tuesday. Well, you know, when they named this show Ayers on the Road, they really hit it on the head, didn't they? Or they could have said Ayers in the air. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I was on the road just uh, one minute ago running along the road uh, to a little dance class for a couple of our grandchildren and uh, just ran back to grab a phone. Um, I've been here in Arizona. warm old Phoenix. Well, it's not. How warm is it? Oh, my gosh. The high is 60, and they think they're freezing to death. They are so cold. Their their blood is just way too thin. I guess (laughs) it was 100 last week. I'm sitting in Park City, and it's just snowing, snowing. It's just so lovely here for early November. Oh, only eight more months, and we'll be back to spring again. (laughs) Darn. (laughs) That's about right. But, uh, gosh, it's a fun thing for Linda and I to get a chance to speak to other parents on the radio each week. In fact, sometimes this is our best getting caught up to date with each other because we have a whole half hour to talk about where we've been and what parents we've been speaking to and what we've been trying to tell them and what they've told us. And, of course, when we're dividing and conquering, I guess that's the way we we put it, when we have more speaking engagements than we can handle. And so you go one way, honey, and I go the other. And uh, this time I thought I had a pretty big group. I was down in San Diego speaking to a group of about... 500 really lovely parents, and I called you to tell you about it, honey, and you said, well, I just had 3,000 parents. <laughs> not well, that we're in 3, competition or anything, and not that it's good to speak to larger groups rather than smaller. Sometimes smaller is better. Uh, that's true. Sometimes 12 is the most fun of all, but um, we had, I think... 2,700 women and 400 girls this weekend at Time Out for Women, which is an amazing thing that is sponsored by Deseret Book. When I first, um, we actually, Shawnee and I are doing this together because we wrote a book together last year. And so this is our second year, but our last year, we just, this is our last performance, so to say, so to speak. But uh, when we started, we thought, well, what do we do? Or everybody do workshops? Or what do we do? No, we stay in one giant room the whole day. They have an evening performance and uh, some speakers that are fabulous, including Jenny Oaks Baker and um, Macy Robinson and so many people, performers along with speakers. And then they go all day Saturday again with wonderful performers and speakers, Mercy River and um, so it, it's just Hillary Weeks is fabulous. She was with us this weekend, and um, it really is quite amazing. The you sound, you sound like an infomercial. <laughs> well, I kind of do because it's really fun, and kind of we're a little bit melancholy because this is our last time around. You have to keep producing with a Deseret book, and Shawnee and I haven't had time to write a book this year. We'll have to do that next year, honey. <laughs> well, that's for sure. In fact, um, 
some of you who read our newspaper columns each week on parenting and life balance will be pleased to know that we're thinking of doing a book from our favorite columns over the last year or so. So that may be coming out shortly. But enough of this travelogue, Linda. Um, You told, I think, a little last week or the week before on Ayers on the Road about your subject matter at uh, these Time Out for Women meetings, you and Shawnee. I think it has to do with adversity, if I'm not mistaken. And I was speaking in San Diego and had kind of a similar topic, um, only the adversity I was talking about was entitled kids. <laughs> That's an adversity, don't you That think? is an adversity, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's so interesting. As soon as you say entitled, there you go. I mean, people just, their eyes light up and go, oh, that is my child, or my children are with entitled children. Of course, my children are perfect, but they are yeah. with a bunch of entitled children. Those darn friends around them. But, you know, it's it's wonderful. I mean, despite the fact that it's snowing a little too early, it is November, and November is really what we think of as the start of the holiday season. We don't like to include Halloween in the holiday season. We think it has a place of its own in October. Don't let me speak for you, Linda, if I say too much with the with the we. But now that we're in November, to us, that's the real start of the holiday season. But we don't like it when people sort of jump over Thanksgiving a little bit. And we're going to talk a little about Thanksgiving today and some of the beauty of that holiday. And what I mean by jumping over it is I, I'm always a little troubled. I, I was in some stores just uh, just uh, day before yesterday, and uh, they were tearing down. Uh, you know, they'd put up the Christmas things already, and just a few days before they'd taken down the Halloween ones. It's like you almost jump from ghosts and goblins right over to Santa Claus in one jump. Oh, absolutely. In fact, the day after Halloween is almost like Black Friday after after Thanksgiving for shopping. I mean, it is trying to get the mentality of Christmas in people's minds. And uh, everywhere I went was Christmas music. In, in fact, even here, and of course you do have to think about this early, the children are all practicing their Christmas songs for their Christmas recitals. You know, you do have to get an early start on some things when you're doing Christmas. And, right. you know, it's not that we don't love Christmas. We do. Um some we love Christmas, but boy, oh boy, do we love Thanksgiving. In fact, I, I, in the article we're writing for for the newspaper this next week, I'm going to do a little poll, and I'll, I'll give you a couple of sample questions, Linda, just for the listener's edification and see what you say. What, what would you say is your favorite holiday of the whole year? Now, don't let me prejudice you by having just told you that my favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. Um, well, I have to say that my favorite is Thanksgiving, but maybe next to that might be Easter. Really? Oh, yeah. So you'd put Christmas at least down in third place. Well, now that all the kids are gone, I mean, I think it's in, in order of importance, of course, Easter and Christmas, but then Thanksgiving, I mean, that's what it's all about is just giving thanks for all of our blessings. I know where you're going on this. 
Well, yeah, I know you do because that's, we're going there together. We we just feel like the whole idea of gratitude and Thanksgiving is the perfect entree to to Christmas because if we can get our kids or even very young kids to approach Christmas from a standpoint of Thanksgiving, isn't that almost the polar opposite of the way we don't want our kids to approach Christmas, which is, what am I going to get? What do do I want? What am I going to get? Where's my list? How can I get more stuff? And and the the, the opposite of that would be, um, I am so thankful for whatever I get. And maybe that's the cosmic reason why about a month before Christmas we have Thanksgiving. And wow, should we ever put a lot of emphasis on thanksgiving, gratitude, appreciation with these little children who, and, and I, you could also say, I mean, you who listen every week know that if we've had a mantra on on this show over the last few weeks, it's been entitlement and what a danger it is to our children when it becomes an attitude, an entitlement attitude. And if you were to try to think of the opposite of an entitlement attitude, wouldn't you probably come up with a thankful attitude, a grateful attitude, an appreciative attitude? Oh, absolutely. We know that by experience. I mean, when we started having our children earn their own money, buy their own things, including buy their own clothes, man, were they ever thankful when we actually gave them something. It was like, oh, Mom, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And whereas before, they had never even noticed it. I mean, or... Wait a minute, is this all I'm getting? Can I have this? Can I have this too? I mean, it really makes all the difference if the kids feel some ownership of their stuff. And we've talked about that enough, but boy, does that make them grateful when you do give them something, when now, uh, the order yeah. of the day is to earn it. Absolutely. Now, now, you listeners, as you think about Thanksgiving, the holiday, and we, we often break it down. We send out a Thanksgiving card every year. We've done it. Ever since we were married, and and we do it instead of a Christmas card, and um, actually, you know, it's paid dividends because everyone sends us a Christmas card because they've already received our Thanksgiving card, so I think we get written in. I think we're like last-minute write-in candidates on people's Christmas card. I think maybe so, but I mean, actually, we've kind of uh, gotten a little bit lazy and we're doing it by email now, but if anybody wants a Thanksgiving card... Send yeah, let us know because anyone. we'll send it to anyone. But but here's the, the I think the troubling thing, and and we're gonna kind of express some of our gripes in this first segment, and then after the break we'll we'll be a little more positive about how wonderful Thanksgiving can be. But there are a lot of people, and sometimes we're included on this list, I'm afraid, who sort of say Thanksgiving. We don't even break it into two words. We don't say Thanksgiving. We don't think of it as a verb. We don't think of it as something we do. We say, oh, it's a holiday, Thanksgiving, pilgrims, Indians, lots of turkey, football, football all day long. And and, and it never really even occurs to us, and certainly this is true of a lot of children if their parents haven't trained them otherwise, to just say, oh, it's Thanksgiving. It's that holiday where we think about the pilgrims. They don't even sort of associate it with personal inner gratitude and appreciation for things and and that really is a tragedy not because it's so terrible but because of what it misses what it leaves out the things the benefits that could come 
to children if there was more of a focus on why it's important to be thankful and what we're thankful for and how we can make ourselves become even more appreciative and more grateful and sort of a more sort of um, aware person of how blessed we are. Well, I think... I think when people actually come down to the Thanksgiving Day, um, they are grateful. There are a lot of prayers offered that aren't offered, you know, throughout the year of in gratitude for the things that we have and so on. I think their hearts are good and they're sincere. Um, but the thing, the thing we would like to advocate is the Thanksgiving season, you know, that we think about this between now and Christmas. Right, right. Because, well, and um, Exactly. So you're saying, Linda, but both before Thanksgiving as a lead-up to the actual holiday to have some things in mind you do as a family to increase awareness and gratitude and then to let Thanksgiving not be the end of it but sort of the the raising of the bar of appreciation and then keep it up there all the way through December until it comes to the gift-giving and the appreciation that can that can come there. Right, and we'll give our listeners some ideas in the second half of, of really how to do that. But, you know, I had to laugh as you were talking, Richard, about um, our Thanksgiving cards every year. The first one I remember of was when we had two little girls. We had a six-month-old baby and a, and a child that was not quite two yet. And that was so hard. It was hilarious when I looked at that Thanksgiving picture. I mean, we went down to a studio and I took those two little girls, and I put them one on each knee, and I had them cuddled up to me. And then after we got all of the cards printed and everything, I looked at it. And actually, I think after they were all sent out, I looked at it. And the dress straps, you know, they, they used to have those straps on the inside of dresses that you could <laughs> hang on a hair. They were both hanging down in front of my dress. On you or on the girls? On me. I oh. mean, my dress straps were just hanging down there, just beautiful as could be. And it was a perfect, perfect personification of how I felt right then with two little preschoolers, tiny little babies. And I was so exhausted, and I looked exhausted, and here are these dress straps hanging out. And we had sent that to everyone. I almost died. I think of that so often when we think of those first Thanksgiving cards because that is a wonderful time of life, but also a really tough time. I guess I was absent on that first uh I don't remember <laughs> why you weren't in the picture. I, I have think no I took idea. the picture. Are you sure it was at a studio? I thought I took it. Oh, maybe you took it. Then if you were the photographer, <laughs> why didn't you why notice didn't I... the dress straps? Isn't <laughs> that you're funny? Right. Well, listen, well, when we come, we'll take a short break, and when we come back for the second half, we'll get into some ideas. Not that you will adopt them all, but some family traditions, family ideas, family methods of observing, maybe with a little more fervency, the power of gratitude. And here we are, back with you, the Ayers, on the road and in your radio. Hey, maybe that would be a good name, Linda, on the road and in your radio. (laughs) It probably would. Oh, (laughs) man, I can't believe it's snowing out there. I'm sad to hear that because I'm coming home tomorrow. (laughs) Well, it'll be lots of snow by the time you come home. We can can come and get you on skis. 
So, yeah, true. And so whether you are in a sunny place right now or in snow yourself, because we understand there's quite widespread snow here and there all over the U.S., um, we welcome you back and this show when we're talking about gratitude. And we may do this next week, too, because like we said earlier, we love the holiday of Thanksgiving. But let me be the one, Linda, to do the personal confession today. We used to not be too great at celebrating Thanksgiving. I mean, we always were great at celebrating Thanksgiving. We always thought it was a wonderful thing, but uh, here's what our Thanksgiving tradition was for quite a little while, if you think about it, Linda, the first several years of our marriage. Our Thanksgiving tradition was to eat way too much and to watch football all day long. Don't you yeah, think? exactly. I mean, that was actually, you didn't. Yeah, you, you, you fixed the meal, and I sat there and watched TV. <laughs> Our tradition was to cook, 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 and then wash, 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 wash dishes and put things away. But you know, visiting and so on. But we never really got serious about talking about Thanksgiving with our visitors and our guests and so on. It was just it was good to be together as a family. And maybe sometimes, I mean, every family is different. Maybe you're lucky to get your family together because there may have been some bad feelings and so on. But if you're comfortable with your family, there are some fun things you can do that is really exciting, that really magnifies the gratitude. I guess when I was saying, you know, sort of castigating families that don't really put much emphasis on appreciation or awareness of gratitude, I was really talking about us because I don't really remember early days ever saying too much about how thankful we should be other than we had a nice prayer before the Thanksgiving yeah. meal. But it was it was mainly, you know, kids were, you know, we were into it. Kids were drawing. We, I still remember some of the gorgeous pilgrims and Indians that were drawn. I'll bet every household in America probably has somewhere in a scrapbook or in a drawer some picture of the pilgrims and the Indians. And they're often pretty funny how kids draw them. But the point is we'd never done much beyond that. And then one year, everything changed. And I think it's when we had the idea. I don't really remember what prompted it. It must have just been reflecting on how ungrateful our kids were or maybe how ungrateful we were. Well, or we just maybe how many things we had to be grateful for. Yeah, that we were that we were not thinking of little things. You know, in fact, I think you're right, Linda. It was sort of we were thinking of how it's the little things in life sometimes that that are so wonderful, and if we could just sort of itemize them. And so we went down and got a roll of paper. It was they're actually hard to find these rolls of paper now because they were cash register paper. They were those rolls that you put in old machines that probably don't exist anymore. But it, the point is, it was a long roll, and the idea was we were going to write down as many things as we could think of that we were grateful for during the time that, you know, the morning time on Thanksgiving, while the dinner's cooking, while we're gathered, and, and whether that's just with our own children or whether that's with our cousins and our uncles and aunts and friends and others that get together, let's make a list. What are we grateful for? And we started writing them down. And, and I remember that first year we were numbering them, number one, number two, number three, 
Do you remember how many we got to that first year, honey? Oh, I think we got about 250, and we were so proud of ourselves. I mean, the kids were little. Wow. And so, you know, they thought that was really cool, too. They thought of that many things they were thankful for. And they were... (laughs) They ranged from the uh how would you say it the ridiculous to the to the prosaic sublime, they range yeah. from the sublime to the ridiculous because some of the things on the list were a mother's love or you know very serious things christ's atonement uh beautiful wonderful things but but also on the same list also with a number of their own were things like doorknobs Earlobes, um, window my panes, thumb. Yeah. my thumb. <laughs> uh, every wonderful movie they'd seen. I think Sleeping Beauty was just out that year. Um, I can't remember. Oh, Beauty and the Beast was out that year. And, you know, every little thing that happened in that, they were so grateful for because they were so touched by that. They loved it so much. So, you know, everything from little kid things to really adult, sophisticated things on this list, but we just kept saying, oh my gosh, we need more, we need more. Right. (laughs) So every cousin that walked in the door, every aunt and uncle, come on, add to our list, come on, what are you grateful for? And we just absolutely went through roll after roll after roll. I mean, you know, rolling it out, rolling it out, rolling it out. Rolling it out. But the the ground rule was you couldn't just throw something on there. You had to pause just for a minute and actually think about why you were grateful for it. So even something silly like a doorknob you, you know and 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 then you'd say it well, well you know, what if would we, we do without doorknobs how would we get in a door you know so i'm really grateful for those doorknobs or whatever so silly little things but also wonderful things and growing and growing and growing and just jumping ahead fast forwarding on that tradition last year our record and the current standing record for the ir tradition of thanks thankful list was uh over 1,300 things. It was who knows, amazing. Linda? Who knows how and far we actually, we'll go this year? Uh, we used to have the kids read the list, but then the list just got too long, so we hung it up above the Thanksgiving table like crepe paper, and that was really fun. But the kids have never forgotten that. They're doing it with their own children now. Now, that's a great one for if you have young children in the house and so on, or teenagers love that too. But um, if you have adults, we tried something fun a few years ago, and that is to have every person write down ten things they were really, truly grateful for. But then we read our list, but if there were any duplicates, then they had to mark that one off their list, and there was a big prize for the one who had the most unique things that they were grateful for. So, you know, that was really fun, too. That actually is a fun game. And if you decide to play that with your sort of grown children... You you have to be sure that they the the way that one can deteriorate is they'll think just in order to be the one with ten things that no one else has they'll they'll come up with really silly things that they're not really grateful for so the challenge again is to say these are real these are things that when you think of them you really have this little feeling of joy a little feeling of gratitude a little feeling of wanting to thank. God for that particular thing, and and it's amazing how many things do come up the same on the list. What would be a good out of ten? What was a good? I th- I think a six usually was like the winning score because you yeah. know there are a lot of people thinking think. of the yeah. same things. 
Yeah, it was. But it was so fun, and, and people are so creative. You know, you listeners can think of, of wonderful ideas. In fact, if we had open lines, I'm sure we could have people calling in and giving us their ideas because people are becoming more and more deliberate about their holiday seasons and the holidays they celebrate, I think. I mean, as far as I know, and at least in our circles. So, you know, it really is a good idea to think about how to make this Thanksgiving a little more meaningful, um, a little more thankful, so to speak, or full of thanks. you know, well, I was thinking. I was just thinking for us, Linda. Maybe we try to modify it or change it up a little bit each year. And of course, our circumstances for Thanksgiving change each year, as do yours, in terms of who's going to be able to come home for Thanksgiving, who's coming over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go, and who's staying where they are. And you know, of course, in today's world, we get together and we Skype maybe with those who aren't with us, who we love, and and so on. And, and so it's kind of an interesting challenge for us now to, to sort of continue the tradition, but to do it in cyberspace, so to speak, so people are emailing in the things they're thankful for. And I just thought, well, you were talking earlier, Linda, uh, of trying to make it a season that really starts now we're actually having this very night a, f- a family home evening or a family get-together online with a thing called Google+, Plus, where you can get up to nine people on the TV screen and you can see them all on your monitor, on your computer monitor. And I think one thing we should do tonight, honey, is um, start the ball rolling, challenge them all to come up with their first ten things they're thankful for and just email them in so that we so that we do this think thinking and thankful stuff all the whole month and not just on the day itself. Yeah, and and you know you have to adjust it to your own family and your own situation. I mean, we we're doing this with our children because we are not going to see most of them during this Thanksgiving because they have their own families and they live far away and they have in-laws and so on. And I'm sure many of you grandparents out there identify with that. But we are actually going to have Thanksgiving dinner at a restaurant because we're going to be with Richard's mother, who's 89 and failing. And she would love to fail really fast. She has been. She'd like to fail altogether right away. Dying to die, so to speak, excuse the pun. But she um, is just miserable. And we're thinking this might be her last one, but her house is too small. She can't come to our homes. So we're eating at a restaurant. So we've got to come up That's with something. It's kind of a cop-out, isn't it, Linda? I'm, I feel kind of like we just admitted a terrible thing. <laughs> no, a lot of people eat at restaurants, but you can still make it a thankful day even though you are eating at a restaurant. I think every situation is different, and you have to do what you have to do. And I'm sure there will be, be a lot of people who are lonely who don't have anyone to have Thanksgiving with this Thanksgiving. And so everyone, everyone's situation is different. We have to keep remembering that and keep it in perspective because, you know, at this time out yesterday, we had this darling woman named Chris Belcher. And first of all, she makes fun of her Belcher name. I mean, you know, we, we all gather as Belchers, and then she goes on and on. She, she could be a stand-up comedian. She's so funny. But she's she's completely blind. She at seven months lost her one eye to cancer as a little baby, and then they had to take the other one and tons of chemo and just had such a horribly hard time. 
But she has such a wonderful sense of humor, and she's so grateful for every little thing that she has, even though she's in the dark all the time. But she said, this is the funniest thing. She said, at church, when I first went back and I'd recovered from all these surgeries, I was completely blind, I looked weird, and um, because I had artificial eyes and everything, and she said, a woman came up to us now, Chris, have you started teaching your children sign language? <laughs> Oh, dear. We all died laughing because people are so funny. They see things from a different perspective, and they try to be helpful. You know, they're trying to be helpful, but they just don't get it at all. So I'm hoping that we're covering the whole spectrum here and realizing that every family is different, but every family can be grateful in some way. And before we run out of time, another another variation on this sort of thankful list tradition, and maybe closer to what a lot of families do naturally, is to make the Thanksgiving prayer more than just a blessing on the food, to actually make it a, a kind of a perspective on the whole year and the things that you're grateful for. We know some families who... Um, and I, I don't know what you'll think of this. I hope no one thinks this is sacrilegious or an improper prayer. But we know families who have everyone say a word or two in the prayer. Like maybe the father or the mother will open the prayer, and then each child may say one or two things that they're thankful for in that special Thanksgiving prayer. And it becomes sort of a collective expression of gratitude to Almighty God for all the things that we have. And, you know, I guess that's where I want to end, Linda. I'll give you the last word. But just the idea of, of, you know, the wonderful thing about thanksgiving as two words and as a verb is that it involves we have to thank someone. And so that turns us to God. Absolutely. We really look forward to this wonderful season, and we'll look forward to being with you again next week on Ayers on the Road.